Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to a very special Devil's Night Halloween Eve edition of the Music Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Schweitzer, and a tremendous guest this week, because it's been three weeks now since the death of Eddie Van Halen, and I really haven't had a chance to do a show that kind of pays tribute to Eddie and to talk to someone sort of connected to the Van Halen universe, and we're going to be doing that on this show with former David Lee Roth guitarist, former Atomic Punks guitarist Brian Young, now out of Austin, Texas. He is in a band called The Spasmatics. It's an amazing 80s cover band, and he was a part of the Atomic Punks back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. The best Van Halen tribute act really ever known to man, of course, fronted by Ralph Sands, a.k.a. Michael Starr from the band Steel Panther. He was plucked away from the Atomic Punks in 2002 by David Lee Roth. He was on the Sam and Dave tour. It was really a tremendous uh, band with uh, James Lomenzo on bass and Ray Luzier on drums and, of course, David Lee Roth. That was the Song for Song, the heavyweight champions of Rock and Roll Tour, also known as the Sands Halen Tour, Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth in 2002. We're going to talk to him kind of about the influence of Eddie Van Halen on guitarists such as himself and sort of how he took the news on October 6th when he heard that Eddie had passed away and sort of the legacy of uh, Eddie Van Halen and some of the stories from the road touring with David Lee Roth and kind of what uh, David was like to work with as a guitarist. So as always, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. The website, as always, is musicmaniapodcast.com. And if you'd like to uh, check out these interviews in video form, Nine times out of ten these days, I'm doing them on Zoom, so the interviews are available on video at our YouTube channel, which is Ignitro Entertainment. So type in Ignitro Entertainment and subscribe, and you can get all of these interviews on video, which is really cool. So without further ado, we want to go ahead and take you to this week's interview. It is with former Atomic Punks, former David Lee Roth guitarist, Brian Young. Dude, I Uh, seriously can't thank you enough for hopping on, man. How's everything been going, brother? I'm hanging in there, you know, with the old pandemics and stuff. It's a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. So, you know, same for the media where I'm, I'm out covered concerts, probably 50 to 75 a summer. And so I went from February of 2020 in Vegas to just a couple weeks ago without a concert. That's seven months. Quiet riot came to my neck of the woods and I thought I'd have to break down the barrier sometime and uh, finally made it happen. Man, it's been rough. It just sucks. There's just... No yeah. other way to put it. Hopefully this starts back up soon. We'll see. Well, you're in Austin. You're in, in Austin these days, yeah? Yes. So what what all you got going on these days? We're I know you did a lot of sessions. 
Yeah, we're, we're um, I'm doing this thing called Spasmatics. It's like an 80s cover band thing. And uh, we're playing, uh, we got shows in Houston, Corpus, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. So um, we've been playing about two shows a week. We, we didn't have any shows in April or May. And I think we had like one or two shows in June. And then it started picking up and um, this month, if everything goes as planned, November, we have three shows a week, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday of every week. So uh, we'll see if that happens. Uh, but That's awesome. I, yeah, I, so love the, I love the spasmatics. I love what you guys are doing. Um, and so just but Texas in general, maybe just a little more lenience. I mean, we see the World Series got played there in Arlington and fans were there. It looked like something that a little bit of shred of normalcy. So maybe a little more leniency going on in, in Texas. Yeah. Sounds good to just, me. It's just spots, you know, like... It, there's just a few for, for a gig to happen. Everything's got to be perfect. So there's each city has like two places, you know, that someone can play. Right. So um, that, and then we had a few places that were a little more on the outlaw side, a couple places we played that were maybe an hour West of San Antonio. And it was just like full freedom for a few months. And then it went totally back to complete well, lockdown. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, you, we just, so much uncertainty. We just don't know, but I tell you what, unfortunately, one thing we do know, we're three weeks um, into the uh, following the death of, of Eddie Van Halen, um, three weeks ago on October 6th, uh, he passed away. And I mean, I think it uh, of, of all the deaths, this one, this one really shook probably me and a lot of people in the rock world the hardest. It's been you know, a tough five years in general. It, it just it's, it, it happens. You start losing your heroes at some point and it's, it's a sobering thought. But whenever you kind of first heard the news, kind of what was your initial sort of reaction to that and kind of what was the influence that Eddie had on you, which is obviously profound. Well, I was definitely in shock for a couple hours. I, it was one of those kind of like, you have to keep looking stuff up and making sure it's true. Cause you know, you, you, you're thinking, okay, maybe this is, but you know, there's been the rumors for so many years about his health, cancer things. So, and no one seems to know. So, you know, it only took about really five minutes before I knew it was true. And it was just like, then there's just a numbness for the, probably that whole day, you know. Did you ever eat, meet Eddie? Yeah, I met him uh, just one time at, uh, when uh, when Dave went back to Van Halen in uh, the end of 07, they rented out the forum for 10 days and they rehearsed at the LA forum, did full. And I went to a couple of the rehearsals and uh, met Eddie and uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was like uh, one of those, wait, sooner or later I was thinking maybe it happened. It was kind of a neat, moment you know got to shake hands with him and I, I remember when i shook his hand i immediately went wow this you could feel how huge his hand is and how it felt like it's made out of lead and i go i could just hear his tone and that tapping and i thought oh there you go that's why all these guys try to they try to make their amp sound like eds it's all it, it's like literally his his fingers and his hands were so big and so powerful that you know it's in the fingers you know his his most like he, he can probably plug into anything and sound like ed well i i, I want to talk about of course uh play, you know the atomic punks and playing with dave but as a fan as just somebody growing up emulating this style how i mean how many times would you say you saw van halen over the years i know you grew up in california and they were you yeah. know they come up in the in the late 70s there playing backyard parties and and had the gig at gazari's for all that time the house band at gazari's i'm sure at some point, you, you came across my it. time. Yeah, I was, right. I was I was fourteen when the first album came out, so uh, I never saw him in those club days. I, I I only saw him twice in the early days with Dave, and I was I, one of one of the shows I was at was at the US Festival, 
So I was at that show. That was oh, that's that a show. famous one there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good and, one. Uh, so that, and then I saw them with Sammy uh, at that Monsters of Rock thing a couple years later after he Dave left. And then, um, then I saw him one more time with Sammy on that reunion tour in 2004, I think it was, while I was playing with Dave. And then I saw them a bunch of times when Dave went back because Dave would put me on the guest list and stuff. So I got to see him at Staples Center and at Dallas and, and Dallas, wherever that place they played in Dallas. And I saw him at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, and I got to go to a couple of rehearsals also. So uh, I saw him a bunch of times on the reunion tour, two oh. rehearsals and three, three shows. And Madison Square Garden was definitely pretty cool, you know, to go backstage at Van Halen at Madison Square Garden. That's kind of one of those, I never got to play there, but that's one of those places like, you know, the song made the same, Led Zeppelin, it's a, the bucket list place to play. So I, I'm so cool. glad they got to have those three tours in, in seven, 12 and 15 um, for, for Eddie's sake, because, you know, the, the late nineties, early two thousands were, were rough, um, uh, you know, for him personally and a lot of things, but to have that reunion tour with Sammy and then to do those three, at least, uh, you know, fans, I think can walk away with it. And, uh, you know, with some, with some of the greatest, guitar work ever put to record um what so i'm trying to put together a timeline here on something because i think i got a kind of a crazy connection what wh what years were you uh in the atomic punks i joined in 1999 and then i got in the dave band in april of 2002 so 99 2000 2001 and then a little of two, 2002 and when i joined dave i still played a few more shows with the punks but uh, not too many because finally I got replaced. So the, the crazy connection that I thought I have, I, I do in fact have is that timeline, the timeline sort of stretches out. So you guys, uh, Atomic Punks did like a, um, a an amphitheater tour in 01, I believe. No. Summer of 01. After, yeah, that, no, because I was already out of the band when they did that. Are you talking about the, when they went around the country and played a bunch of amphitheaters? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was I was thinking that was the 01 and then 02, you were back in the same amphitheater with, with Dave, but... No, the, I was already out of the band and I think Russ Parrish was playing guitar with the punks when they did those shows. I was, I, yeah, I, that's I right. I, I wasn't sure if it was you or Russ at that, so okay. That yes. must have been it. That's crazy though, to think, and then because I think back to the, the Sam and Dave tour because there was a lot of hoopla for that. And I was, I was pumped, you know, as a fan, I thought it was a spectacle. I thought it was great here in Kansas city. Uh, you guys closed the David Lee Roth band closed the show. I absolutely loved it. I, I know, you know, in hindsight, people do talk about how, you know, kind of crazy it was and some of the, some of the things that went on, but what, what was that like for you? Because as I understand it, I mean, Dave just kind of plucked you from, from the atomic punks. And before you know it, you're in David Lee Roth's band. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Uh, so it, from the time I got hired by Dave to the Sam tour was, let's see, uh, I got the gig. Honestly, man, I can't remember exactly when the phone call came. It might've been March um, or April of 2002, but the, the tour with Sammy started May 29th, you know, I think. So by, the by May 29th, I had already done a lot of rehearsing with Dave, a bunch of radio shows. We did 10 radio shows before the tour. Like, um, so uh, I, I got hired, started over here, and originally it was for two shows. They had the, the uh, oh, oh, it had to be before March because my first show with Dave was the Atlanta Midtown Music Festival. And the date of that show was, I'm pretty sure it was in March. So I might've got called in February to, to get the gig because they said they had two uh, festivals booked. They had this thing in Atlanta in March, and then they had some other festival in June. And so originally I was hired for two gigs and um, 
Then within a few weeks of rehearsing, that's when Matt Sencio, the manager, called me up and said, hey, we're going to go on tour with Sammy Hagar. So my two gigs turned into that whole summer. And then it went to six years. But originally, I was only offered two shows. You know, but I, I figured it was going to turn into more, if, you know, but uh, so uh, I played that, that Atlanta show and then um, then there was some time off and then we went on the Sammy tour. So oh, before the Sammy tour, we did a bunch of acoustic rehearsals and then we did a little a thing called the Radio Rodeo where we got in the tour bus. We were heading to Cleveland. Our first show was in Cleveland for the D Dave and Sam tour. And so uh, we, we hit a city at five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we started like Monday, I think it was in Fresno, or no, or Las Vegas, Fresno. We did a morning show, acoustic guitars, all this stuff, playing music, having fun. Then the next day, that was, then Tuesday we did KLOS in LA. Then the next day we did Las Vegas. And then we did Phoenix, Arizona. And then we did like uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all acoustic. We were going to bed at like nine o'clock, getting up at four in the morning being on the radio at 6 a.m. Then we had Saturday, Sunday off, and then we continued, I think we might have done Kansas City. Um, on, we, we did another Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We did like Kansas City, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, morning, morning radio shows. So we did 10 radio shows on our way to Cleveland. Then we, then we were in Cleveland for like four or five days and we did, uh, they rented out some, uh, or, uh, like a college, uh, amphitheater or something to re we did like one or two rehearsals with the full uh production you know with sammy hagar band just like a real show we did the full like dress rehearsal type show they had all the video gear and they were testing everything out and uh it was like a ten thousand seat place but it was just empty you know and uh, dave didn't do the rehearsals so we did the rehearsals without dave and uh and but sammy did the, his full show with the band and the whole thing and then uh then we started the tour in, in cleveland and the funny thing is is that we, we played Cleveland and then I think Chicago and Detroit and Indianapolis, we started going and, and somewhere about two weeks into the tour, we were playing, uh, we're playing in uh, the song, uh, everybody wants some. And in the middle of the song, I'm by the drummer, you know, and, and Dave walks up to the front of the stage and he's doing the old, uh, I like the way the line runs at the back of your stocking line. And that's the first time I looked over at Dave and the big audience out there. And I went, I'm playing with Dave and Lee Roth. It, that's how many months it took me for it to kind of hit me because it was it was such a blur and all, all this rehearsals and learning all this stuff and I had no time to think about it. It wasn't until we had been on tour for a, like a week and a half that I would, it suddenly hit me. I'm a, I'm touring with David Lee Roth right now. Like this is great, you know. So it was, that was kind of funny. That was that moment of finally re realizing it's like uh, this childhood dream thing happening, you know. Well, the band was incredible. This was James Lomenzo, Ray Luzier. You guys were. This was a. I mean, probably. If I had to, you know, think about it, my second favorite incarnation of the band, of course, uh, we've had Billy Sheehan on this show. Eat Him and Smile was so tremendous. But you guys, I thought, did tremendous, carried it, and the, and, and the show was great. What was the tour like for you? I mean, was, was it was it a lot of fun? Was it a lot of pressure? I mean, for you, someone that had been around Hollywood and been around and played with some great artists, this was, you know, I mean, it was a, a, a giant leap for you. You were a well-established player. But what was it like for you personally? Was it Was it a lot of fun, or was there kind of some... It was a lot of fun. I had no, I didn't feel any pressure because I, I was, I'd been with the punks for three years and I played all those songs a million times. 
So I could never have been more prepared to yeah. play those songs with Dave. If, if I had just, because when I got the Punks gig, I was actually more under pressure and nervous then because at the time I, I had to learn, I had like nine days to learn 17 Van Halen songs. And I already knew, you know, bits and pieces, but I had never really sat down and learned them all the way through and every little, and, and I was going in to fill the shoes of a guy who had been doing it for five years. They had a fan base. And uh, so I remember my first show, I don't get nervous very often in my life, but I remember my mouth being really dry on stage. And <laughs> first, cause I remember thinking everyone's out there staring at me with their arms folded going, okay, who's this guy? And, uh, and, and all, and I had just barely maybe did, I can't remember how many rehearsals. I don't even think we did it. I, maybe one or two, I think one or two rehearsals. I, I had to learn all the stuff at home, do a couple rehearsals and start playing. And, but, but as we went on and on, you know what, the stuff came, became more consistent. We learned more and more songs. I ended up knowing like 40 songs. The punk's repertoire was about 40 Van Halen songs. And so by the time I had auditioned for Dave, I, I mean, I had been playing this stuff for three years now. So I had no nervousness at all. When I, when I auditioned in front of Dave, I just looked, I stared him right in the face. I remember thinking, I'm gonna stare him down and go, I'm fucking, I'm badass. <laughs> and that was, and he, it was cool because I, I was, like I said, if I had, didn't have that three years, I would have probably been nervous to audition for Dave because I would have had to learn all these songs in two days, you know? And uh, so it was, like I said, I was, you couldn't be more prepared than playing with the punks for three years. Did you guys have to kind of get him up to speed? He, he didn't do a ton of solo shows uh, for, for, you know, kind of prior to that. Did you guys have to get him up to speed? No, no, because once again, uh, the, the, the entire couple months that I, when I joined the David Lee Roth band, Dave, we would, me and Ray and, and James would uh, rehearse Monday through Friday every day. I don't know, three or four hours a day. And uh, Ray and James already knew the whole show. They had already been playing with Dave for a while. So they, they were teaching me the ending of the songs and how their arrangements and what kind of stuff goes on. And Dave would just pop in once a week, maybe sing two songs, talk to us about this and that. We'd hang out for a while and that, and that would be it. So I never even played all the songs with Dave until the very first show. The first time I played, and I still remember before the show, I asked Ray, I go, am I allowed to stand next to Dave on stage? I don't even know. I have no idea what the deal is. And Ray just goes, well, just don't get too close because sometimes he swings the mic stand around and you don't want to get hit. So I just kind of, so I literally, the first time I played all the songs with Dave was on stage in front of 15,000 or 30,000 people at the first show. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to be careful there. He, he's hurt himself enough times with implements and, swords and things like that so you don't you don't want to get in was, those crosshairs i was there the night that he cut his eye open or sliced his head open with that uh that, that baton stick thing um it was in uh i can't remember exactly where it was maybe philadelphia or something it's it's in one of those most rock and roll moments countdowns it's it's talks about yeah, it yeah i want to say I, that was in the 88 it was that the uh, skyscraper tour maybe no or no that's with, that? with me it was, it oh was, that happened with, well it's yeah, happened so many times yeah, Ryan, it's no, happened was, so many times. <laughs> the, 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 um, we were playing, and when we do jump, he grabs that big old pole and do, 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 does all that stuff with the pole every night. But we all run off the stage. Me and James and Toshi would like run off and go behind our amps and hide in case that thing could fly out of his hand. So that was the way we did every night. Let me get to that keyboard part of jump. We'd all run behind the amps, and they would do all that stuff, and then he would come back out. So, and that's that was our last song of the night. So. Dave's doing the baton. We're all hiding behind the amps. Dave finishes. We walk back out. We, we finish the song Jump. 
and we all go to the front of the stage to do a bow. And I didn't even notice because I hadn't really been looking at Dave. But when we did the bow, I saw blood dripping on the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, I knew it was coming from Dave. I, I didn't know what happened. And I, and I, but it was literally just dripping. There was enough to where it was coming up, you know, in big drips. And so, and we walked off stage and they had already had a towel on them. And they, we drove straight, we all, we got hopped on the tour bus and went straight to the hospital. And uh, Dave went in there and got stitches. And uh, he got like, a, man, right over his eye, like, it's like 12 stitches. Yeah. So rock and roll. Um, Brian, so like, you know, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, the Van Halen influence, but growing up in Southern California, as you did, and, and you're kind of on the younger side. So like, what, what were, were the- I'm, I'm 56. What's that? I'm 56. You're oh, well. That's still on the younger side, my man. Okay. Hey, but all you. So you're you're right. You're prime age for the. I mean, the Sunset Bands were that was that was your heyday. You so when when did you graduate high school? Like in mid 80s, obviously. 82. Yeah. Okay. So that so, you, but it was so you weren't a kid. So you were st you know a young adult as those as that scene was. Yeah, kind I, of I missed a little bit of the good stuff. Right. But, uh, but during the 80s, there was a definitely a big scene in L.A. And I moved to Hollywood in 83. So I lived, in, you know, I, I got to, you know, all the club days and all that stuff and play all them clubs back in the day. It was, it was definitely, it was a fun time to be in Hollywood, 83, 84, 85. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're on the younger side. You think about, uh, I mean, gosh, uh, God bless you know, Alice Cooper and Sammy Hagar guys that are, you know, 70 in their early seventies now. And still, I mean, you, you, you worked with Sammy, uh, you worked with Paul Stanley and, and studios. I mean, just kind of talk about the studio side of things for you, because I know that's a big kind of part of your life and, and at least was kind of what was some of the, the highlights there? I know. Did you did you do the, uh, work with Sammy before the tour or did you did you kind of? Work oh, with yeah, that? this was I worked with Sammy Hagar in like 1989. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Um, and I, I didn't even meet him. I just recorded guitar on a song and then he sang on that song. It was a uh, Jesse Harms, who is was Sammy's keyboard player. I, he used to hire me for session work a lot. And uh, so just one of the sessions was with the song that Sammy wrote and then I played guitar and then, then later Sammy came in the studio sang on it. And then I, I got a copy, it's on, it's on YouTube. You can look it up, it's called uh, Dangerous Curves. Just type in Sammy Hagar yep. Dangerous Curves demo. And it's basically just a demo, it never got released. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that that uh, sounded familiar and uh, I, that was, Oh, I, I remember. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I don't have it in front of me that, but that album, the one where he's jumping in the air on the beach, I think that was uh, the one that it, like, it didn't go get on that album. I think that was uh, learned us. Yeah. But that, that was the era. That was the, the time. Cause it was still, while well, he was still in Van Halen. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I tell you, this is, it's just so cool going down memory lane with you because um, you know, I, I, I vividly remember now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that, that uh, I saw the atomic punks and that David, the the DLR and uh, Hagar show in the same summer, so that's why that uh, that it stands out because uh, in my in my hazy memory I thought maybe that could have been one year you there with a hundred people in the crowd and then you there with fifteen thousand but that was the same summer and I think Satchel Russ Parrish uh, from from Steel Panther was it was in the punks then so just yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff man Th thanks so much for hopping on man and kind of talking about this I hadn't had a chance to really interview anyone or talk about anyone specifically with uh, with regards to the, the death of Eddie Van Halen. I, and you are someone that is such an accomplished guitarist in your own right. And uh, there was a, you know, kind of a connection there. So wanted to make it happen. And I appreciate you, man, so much. And I hope everybody checks out the spasmatics because you guys are awesome. And uh, when I get down to, you know, Texas again, maybe sometime this, this spring or summer, I'm going to definitely come check you guys out. So where, where's a good place to, sure. to check you guys out? The spasmatics, I know on Facebook, what's some of the well, best places to check you guys out? 
as far as clubs mean? Or uh, on, online, uh, social oh, media. Yeah, Thespasmatics.net. Like uh, but, you know, just go to our Facebook page. Our, our yeah. website's been, basically, I haven't been upkeeping it, the website too much because our our gigs have been so, getting canceled. So many things that I kind of love. So we basically do everything on Facebook. So just the Austin Tech, Austin, Spasmatics Tech, spasmatics texas or Austin because there spasmatics. is another spasmatics and they they i just looked it up there is a, another spasmatics but they let's just say that you'll know which one you're you're finding uh, you'll know which one you're looking yeah, there's for a bunch of, <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a franchise like blue man group there's one and there's a vegas a chicago there's different cities just where the where the texas texas hey brian thanks so much for hopping on man you're the best uh we'll definitely come check you guys out uh, here sometime, hopefully this spring and summer. Best of luck in everything you guys are doing. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you very much. Thanks. You bet.